It's the Hack Attack. And the Pharaoh Podcast. Etok. Etok. I'm going to call you Etok. You can. Um, you can. With, with us is Eric Tucker, and this is a huge deal because you're a huge deal. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you about He's you. It's kind of a big deal. Only in my house. <laughs> the, <laughs> Thank you're you. just a legend in your own mind. I'm in my house, though. See? No, this is, this is huge, and I've really been anticipating this. For the listener tuning in, this is with us, Eric Tucker, who the Wall Street Journal named Director of the Year in 2014. So, and again, okay, so that's just the tip (laughs) of the motherfucking iceberg. Yeah. This guy. (laughs) Hey, watch your language. The, (laughs) yeah, sorry, Johnny. Artistic Director of Bedlam. Is a big shot New York director, and he has decided he's still friends with us and Dane (laughs) Fit to talk to us and let us ask questions about his wildly successful life, and especially juxtaposed. Everybody knows about his artistic life. Let's get into his personal. We're gonna get into all of it. Yeah, really successful. So, but here's what I love about you, man. You are lightning in a bottle personified sipping a, a mug of coffee before me wildly creative and we have had the honor of working with him how we came to know each other is he directed us in a play in college they flew this guy in from new york to be a guest director at the university of utah and he directed us yeah i've never been flown anywhere for anything so we're gonna talk about that but you gotta catch me up 2021 director of the year by the wall street journal let's talk about yeah. that well, specifically, it was, you know, he had his director, his favorite director of a musical and his favorite director of a play. And I was his favorite director of a play. Who's, and when you say he, is he the editor of the Wall Street Journal? The Wall Street, the, the Terry Teachout, who's the, oh. you know, the chief critic the, the critic, the theater critic of the Wall Street Journal. He's been pretty good to us, to this company and to my work. <laughs> he, he tends to be a fan. Oh, man. Now, what did you get this for this year? We did a production of we did a production in the fall um, and like apparently we were very lucky with our timing because I mean, so many things are shutting down now. So we got in right in that era, in that place where people were producing again. And now to see everybody starting to close down again is sad. This is so you just had a covid window, basically. We did. Oh, well, you know what it was? We had that window where there wasn't. Omicron and I think mm-hmm. Delta was sort of just coming on the scene right in the last um in the last um when did Delta start like oh who the can, who the fuck knows kind of started I can't I know I can't right? keep up with it yeah right. <laughs> I love I how this, I saw this great joke Omicron's here I still have my Delta uh Delta decorations up yeah we're, we're, and now. we're calling this a lull like a blessed time uh do you remember the good old days between delta and omicron <laughs> like that is not good enough man that's I not know. fucking good enough and I then know. we'll remember the days when remember when omicron was sort of less in the news and it was before yeah. bubonic you know or whatever they're, they're gonna call the next thing like this never ended yeah. but i saw the thing in station 11 this is crazy yeah. i i saw heidi this is my uh, sister in new york for all you who don't yeah. know she went to uh, Jeff Daniels is to kill a mockingbird like last week. She did. And I'm like, holy shit, that's happening. I love yeah. it. I, could, I mean, maybe not now, but she's, she was posting like, here I am in the lobby at, at, at intermission and here's my yeah. playbill. And I'm like, holy shit, they, they brought it back. Oh my God. They brought that one back. I haven't heard that it had any closures, that one, but 
you know, the ones that closed down. I mean, I've heard of things closing because they had maybe one positive and then usually you can get an understudy or someone in, but they couldn't find tests to test everybody to, to you know, so then they had to close anyway, because if you can't, not and not necessarily for good, but they'll close down for a few performances at a time. Yeah. Some things are closing for good, but. Oh my God. How you know, but I, I like seeing, I've, you know, I've been doing this couple classes on Sundays and teaching yeah. Heidi's, Heidi comes to those. So, whoa, is she any good? Uh, <laughs> What's in the beginner class? What she need to work on? Tell me what she, she needs to work on. <laughs> That's terrible. She certainly doesn't need any help from me, but I think she just, you know, there's not a lot going on. Clearly. It's acting 101. You know, she's a hackney. Yeah. So what does she need to work on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. wow. I'm going to have to step good. aside. My his head is love. pushing me out of the screen. Yeah. Sibling yeah. love, sibling love. Come But on. you guys didn't meet on that production. You had Heidi we, and I we all met, right? You two had known each other for a few years. Oh, Johnny T and I? Judas. Sorry, I skipped yeah. back to the Utah production. We okay, all so, so John Terry and I, my illustrious no, co-host. We were in the same class. Yeah. yeah my illustrious co-host at my side. We started the actor training program at the University of Utah in 2007. Uh, so we were in the same class, which basically means you're spending seven days a week together yeah. for over four years. Yeah. Uh, so we were we actually We actually kind of hit it off at the audition. For the program, I hit on him basically. Yeah, yeah pretty I mean. much. <laughs> yeah, no, we were, I had my longer hair back then. We know, were always, fun. yeah, yeah. It was before the fall. <laughs> no, uh, he he was. Uh, we were thick as thieves always. But I remember audition day back in 07. It's a big room, you know. It's like it's, it's like yeah. this, you know, this this cattle farm of nervous actors in a room. Yeah. And yeah. if you're if you're a dog, if you're an animal like me, you can smell the tangible sweat and fear in the air. You cut it with yeah. a knife. You he are, wasn't sure yeah. which person to attack first. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, well, this is called a wild. Who should I, you know, I gotta go eat the week. And I say, John. And <laughs> and I have to eat the week. And I saw John. And, I was and like, he's oh, yeah. he's sitting there, and I don't know, there was that something about him that je ne sais quoi. He has that animal. Yeah. magnetism no but let's be honest about john the appeal of john is, pheromones. is he's like a friendly magnet and i walked up to him he and is. i'm like i just walk up to him I'm like hey man yeah and he's like hey and we just start talking i'm like you know where are you from and he was telling me how he'd come in from elko nevada just for this audition and i'm kind of like no shit. back in the heady days of my liquor salesman yeah he's like yeah man i just drove here from elko to do this and we're talking and I, I, I'm thinking, I like this guy. I like him. He's yeah, got quality. Yeah. He's got that something, whatever it is. Yep. He's got it. He's got it. The right stuff. Yep. And I'm just thinking, I hope he makes right it. Stuff. I'm like, I like this guy. Sam Shepard. I, ho I hope he makes it. I hope he makes it. And was Sarah Shippabotham there? Yeah, oh, they yeah. all were. All, they, 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 they all were. And it was a, the only one that wasn't there was Jerry Gardner, our movement guy. Cause he I was, remember him. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. yeah. I love Sarah. He's always a tough guy to pin down, but it was a it was a full-on full day of auditioning different elements yeah. of, there's a movement portion a singing portion an acting yeah. monologue portion the interview portion there was no joke and and th this was all all of us just waiting to be called in for you know the the, the most important part of the whole day the uh, the, uh, the monologue yeah yeah they just come in and call you yeah. one name at a time and it's sort of like oh man uh everyone's all nervous but I was relaxed. It's in me. I'm like, I, you know, I'm not going to be the guy walking around looking at his script. If you don't know it now, you don't know it. So yeah. I'm going to talk to this guy. Yes. And, 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 and Jason didn't know it just for everybody. <laughs> I went up there and I blanked. 
Uh, but <laughs> he suddenly just created his own monologue. Every year there's a, a pity admission. They call it the pity admission. Yeah, right, right. And I was, you know. Yeah. Uh, they, they regretted that move. He tried so hard and, and you know, he wants it so bad. Let's give it to his sweating. So, profusely. but from that moment on, you guys were friends. Yeah. We were thick Sounds as thieves. Like. And yeah. I remember thinking, God, I hope he makes it. It was more, it. it was more thief to parole officer. Sure. It wasn't, you know. Sure. Yes. And, I, I, yeah. And I, uh, you know, I didn't see him again. Months went by, and he was the first face I recognized when I walked into the room. Oh, that's cool. He and... wasn't there for day one. Okay, all right. My day one. My day one. To be yeah. fair, I he was... was in the Highlands of Scotland. I was a week and a half late. Throwing sticks at poor birds. I was a week and a half late to my own program, to be fair, but I caught up. But this is not the John, up. Terry, Jason, Hackney interview. This is the Eric Tucker interview. So back to you. Back to we you. would meet back him in 2010, right? 2010. Yeah. Judas. Was it you got, wow. Well, you guys were. Yeah. And I think that was your senior project, right? Was. Or was right. it the junior project? No, no, you were senior. That, yeah. that was our yeah. swan song. Yeah. 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 Judas and Satan. Right so there. actually, I'd love there's questions I've always wondered about that. Let's not talk about me breaking Jesus. Oh, we have to. No, oh, no, no, no. Oh, this is the. <gasps> oh, God, good I stuff. always forget no, about no. that. So, I was no, sitting no. in the this house. This fucking guy right no, here. No, oh, my, my God. My no, don't really don't. Let's. Oh, not, this let's is the it. juice. This it's is the juice. the juice. Oh, it's, it's 11 years old. If you're not over it, we need to talk about it. You have to be. Yeah, that's true. Right. We're going to start the healing process through this. So. Yeah. So I want you to Lots work while well, like your back tears. is sweating. Jeez. Uh, no, I, I want you to, to work up emotionally the fact that we're going to talk about it. Can we do that later? In a bit. Well, like okay. five minutes later. <laughs> so, so later. Process. Process. Within the body of this interview, it will happen. Okay. So I'm just going to call Stuart right now and tell him that it this was this play. It was this play called The Last Days of Judas Iscariot, which presupposes yeah. this world of purgatory where basically all the biblical characters are stuck in limbo in purgatory. Not quite hell, not quite heaven. Right. And it's a courtroom. It's sort of like they make this courtroom scene, judges, jurors, witnesses. And basically, they're reopening the case of the crucifixion of Jesus, but specifically, they're reopening the case against Judas Iscariot history or certainly christian history's most infamous traitor what's the wow. deal you sound like you just read that off of something that's amazing oh weird oh he's got this whole radio persona that's just totally not the jason hackney we know <laughs> what the bumbling moment to moment oh, jason? God. Uh, no, seriously. No, but seriously that was like you, you could have that could be written on the back of the play that's right? amazing well, th thanks, guys. Jesus. Okay, so uh, I digress. Um, yeah, yeah. Keep drinking your coffee. But but it, it, it was it's, it's not really an interview so much as it is we tell you about your life. <laughs> We're gonna tell you. It's a compelling. Love it though. It's a compelling play because you know it it uh, it's contemporary. It's not told yeah. in sort of biblical prose. These and thousand thou arts, and it's uh, it rehashes the case of Judas, who. Uh, through the course of the narrative is plagued by guilt being sucked to the bone by guilt and there's some really cool scenes and flashback scenes i was typecast mm. as satan and of course <laughs> yeah. john here the titular the traitor eponymous judas iscariot himself traitor benedict arnold of the biblical world That's so right. uh, but we had to get the right director and they flow flew in e tuck eric tucker who is here in this interview how did that happen did they how did they approach you the university uh i think sarah called me um 
I was at, I was at Shakespeare and Company at the time. I was working up there in the Berkshires at Shakespeare and Company. That's where I, I remember specifically where I got the call. For some reason, I, re, I remember right where I was, and she called me. And um, it was either her or someone else in the department, who, but it was her recommend. You know, she was the one who um, I think she had seen my work, or someone had recommended me. Yeah, to how her. did this she happen? Those people at Shakes and Co. She, I feel she, like somebody. I remember somebody saying they recommended you to her. I think that's what happened. It might have been Tina, Tina Packer, who was the founder yeah. of Shakespeare Co. But, you know, Sarah Shibabotham kind of knows everybody. And I and so she got was, rec- you know, I was recommended and she they called up to see if I was available. And I I loved when I read that play, when it first came out and I read it, um, whatever year that was. Um, I just remember falling in love with that play. I thought it was yeah. so topical and it was, you know, it just. The, the language was amazing and everything you're saying about, I mean, it sounded nothing like what we were used to when we hear Bible stories. Right. right. And I just loved it. It was so diverse. You know, it wasn't just a bunch of whitewashed stuff. You know what I mean? It was really, mm, there were dirty. people who looked like, like they were pulled off the New York subway and who talked like people. It was brilliant, that script. So I jumped at it. I thought, oh my God, I want to direct that so badly. And, and then of course I came out for the audition and um, oh, yeah tell me the, this story yes what do you remember well no it was just like it was cool because i came out for the audition and got to meet all you guys and and i i was really excited because i thought oh wow i'm gonna have a really great cast too because you don't know you know with auditions you never know what you're gonna get and then in a university setting you never know you know i would assume i kind of assumed because of your program the nature of it and that by the time you're seniors these are probably people who are serious about the craft and if they know they want to be actors stable. or they're actors not with you know you know pity admissions notwithstanding yes yeah exactly well no but i and so i just came out and i was so impressed with everyone and excited to work with everyone and and i and i remember flying back and home and and because i think the auditions happened and then we were still months away from yeah yeah right I think we yeah i, I, I we, went the auditions yeah. were in the the fall and then yeah we didn't the show was yeah. in the spring. There was an anticipation right. and a buildup to it. It was very. It was exciting. also, I mean, on a side note, it was also cool to me. I really wanted to take the job because it w- allowed me to be in um, Salt Lake for in that area for whatever that rehearsal period was. Was it four weeks? Whatever it was, because yeah, yeah, yeah. my brother lives there, and I, I and and I have a nephew and his wife there. So I, you know, it was just an opportunity to be in, with family. You know, I never, I don't get to get there very often. So it, a lot of things worked out perfectly, Perfect. but I'll never forget. I'll never forget your audition, Jason, because you, you know, the door opens and you just kind of like march in and you've got like the leather jacket on, like you looked the part, but you also came in like shaking hands and talking, like you basically came in in character and it was just, just it was great. I was like, well, I, I don't, this seems like a no brainer, but I think I, also, no, go ahead. I remember I, I had picked up this satiny, aggressively red finished shirt yeah. in France. Yep. And I'm wearing the shirt. French. Yep. And you Christmas. looked at me and you dropped yep. your head and you laughed at your table and you're like, well, I think I know who you're auditioning for. <laughs> yes. It was a little obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But, but of course, but it was great. And then John, you, of course, I, I, I think what it is, it's not, it's not the traitor part it's the or the judas i mean it really is like you just have such gravitas you know and you kind of want the the lead you know the guy to be like we have to really we have to like the guy he's the guy the gravitas yes yeah wait the gravitas weight, the drama yes yeah even without all the hair 
Who yeah. needs hair? Like Patrick Stewart. You don't need hair. Lose twenty pounds so I can shave my head and look, you know, not like Uncle Fester, <laughs> <laughs> like Jackie Coogan. Okay. Right. Um, I want to go back Fester. to something. Yeah, you said about the diversity of the show. Yeah, but we didn't have the most diverse cast. And I remember somebody in New York. I was telling them how I met you, and they're like, "You did that in Salt Lake? Did you guys have diversity there, really?" And we only had one person that was. Um, mm. I mean, she was Chilean. Yeah, but I think I think what counts in this particular instance is that you, well, one of the things we did is that I thought, I asked Sarah, I said, could I, you know, if I were going to cast this fully with one person per role, or, or as it suggested, whatever the breakdown is in the play, and use more than just the seniors, which is something I could do. Yeah. Then a lot of the senior women in particular were going to get shafted a bit because some of the roles are really tiny or this or that. And I thought, well, if this is supposed to be a senior project, can I take like you 10 seniors? And I think we had one junior, which was the guy who you killed. But anyway, uh, we're going to get there in a moment. We're going to get there. But one black actor. Yeah. Who you you broke his back or something in the dressing room. We had to, we had to get back to that. Oh, but, I'll tell the story with force oh, and verve, yeah. my friend. But, no, we but, don't have to go through that. But problem. Sarah was all under. I said, well, why time. don't we take 10, all these 10, and just and break the roles up amongst them? So a lot of these women get to play the male roles and bigger roles. And it really made the senior project, I think, much more just better for that group. And she was into it. And so, so we did that. And I think that was one way that we made it kind of step up if we didn't have all the diversity but also the cool thing was that was a really important play at that moment to be doing in utah i mean nobody it hadn't been done there and it wasn't going to get done at an institution that was sort of religious in utah byu wasn't doing it no probably still would you know but but university of utah could get away with it and and people want to see that stuff i think it was cool to do it in utah so opening night there we are. This is <laughs> this is the second night. I love that he's participating. So the second night, I believe it was like the free preview night. And then this is like the real no, McCoy opening it was night. The second night we'd already had opening night. trivia does not save you from what actually happened. I just know it was the night oh. my brother and his wife were there because I was sitting next to them when they okay. came. Nobody Here, knew what to do. And they here's came and my, oh, my God. So he, here's my version of events, which is the true version because I was an eyewitness. <laughs> there we are in the dressing room. Now, to John Terry's credit, he yeah. did not, and I emphasize this emphatically, he did not start this. Right. He did not instigate this. Okay. So <laughs> this, the irony is not lost on me that the incident happened between it's Judas really and funny. Jesus. Judas and Jesus. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. John is the titular Judas. Yeah. And a kid named Stuart was playing Jesus. Now, of course, as I've described already, this play is sort of set in the courtroom and varies between flashback scenes, but it culminates in a very moving denouement that is between Ooh. none other than Judas. Wow. He picked up more than Jesus, friends. <laughs> <laughs> I should really talk lowbrow so I'm not interrupted by you. Right? <laughs> uh, it culminates in a, a very moving crescendo climax, if you will, between yeah. just Jesus. And Judas on stage, making recompense, yeah. making up to each other, burying the hatchet. It's a very powerful scene. You can hear a pin drop in the audience where literally Jesus is forgiving Judas for the ultimate betrayal, condemning him to the ultimately painful death, right? 
it's a very powerful scene, but it happens at the end of the play. And this matters for what happens in our tale. It happens at the end of the play. My point is there's time. There's time, there's to, time. To, to solve Jesus. this. So there we are in the locker room, oh. the dressing room. We're a buzz. We're so, at the locker room. I, I, I'm always half in the sport world. I know. Half, yeah, half, yeah. Half, in, half in the yeah. theater world, the locker <laughs> room. The yes, I, I know. So we're in the dressing room. There's buzz. We're all getting the costume. We're all happy. Now, Stuart, uh, who played Jesus, was a hothead. He's much younger That's than us. Let's not. I'm going to tell it. And then you can label Stuart anything. He was a good. He's a good kid. He's a good guy. Old, incidentally, he did not Was. finish the program. So oh, how could you don't need to. Oh, God, you know, John, you really got to let it happen. How it happened he? and it's OK. And you got to own it. Oh. It's 11 years ago. So he we, was eating we, out of a straw last time I heard about. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and cursing John Terry's name. Yeah. OK, so. Yeah, so, so, so a bit of a hot-headed kid, and he was younger. He was like a freshman, and, and we're like these venerable seniors, right? Well, yeah. oh yeah, that's right. The the, the subject you know, somehow comes up that he had wrestled in high school, and that also John had wrestled in high school, had wrestling experience. No, wrestling, wrestling came up. Wrestling with men. That's something you do. Greco-Roman wrestling, oil down, stripped yeah. to Have all you seen the new. Yeah. Eastern promises. Yes, the yes. scene in the shower room. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did. That's what I did like, in high school. Stripped to all yeah. but nude, oil down, yeah. Greco-Roman. Yeah. So, you know, classical. Yeah. But wrestling was a subject. And Stuart's like, yeah, I wrestled in high school. I wrestled in high school. And one thing leads to another. It's all very innocent at this point, but basically... Stuart's kind of calling John out, like, let's wrestle, let's wrestle. And John's like, nah, man, nah. He's kind of grinning, shaking his head, nah, man, nah. We're not going to wrestle, we're not going to wrestle. But he keeps egging John on, come yeah. on, just a few passes, just a few pins. Who gets the first two or three pins? You know, just kind of calling him out. Finally, John just sort of just bemusedly agrees. And we're all, and we all let it happen. I played my role too. I'm culpable in this. Mia culpa is that I help clear the chairs, man. Let's make a circle fight, fight, fight. You know, like no, me nor anyone else did anything to stop it. No one was the voice of reason. Well, yep. we should really play it safe. It's uh, you know, we don't want else to get hurt. And I was like, fuck no. Yeah. We push the chairs away. Of we course. ring up, we ring up and they get all low and crouch and they start wrestling. All smiles at first, all smiles. It began very benignly. Yeah. But then as these things do, it started to escalate. So they start bracing up, locking up. They're smiling and muscles are start tensing and muscles yeah. start trembling. And, think, you know, a few chairs get bumped and we're kind of like, yeah, yeah, get him, Johnny, get him, Stuart. Ha, 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 ha. But then first blood gets drawn. Stuart gets a bloody nose. We didn't. He got a bloody nose and it stops everything. He's sort of like looks at the blood on his fingers, looks at John, and then he goes for John even harder. And things take on a different tone. The wrestling got more and more intense, and they start kind of rolling around the floor. And then, like, they're hitting chairs, and we're kind of like, whoa, whoa, we're all kind of getting a little bit more uneasy. And John gets Stuart into like a pin, like a lock. He's a got a leg him, lock. He's got them all locked up, and it's a leg lock. And Stuart will not tap he will not submit we're like Stu, tap it's over man tap. he's like no fuck you no 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 john's kind of got him like you know around the throat with an elbow I do like not have him around. oh he's got airflow dear god but he's got but how however john remembers it he's got him in a lock and it's a leg lock like a leg bar yeah yeah and Stu, in sort of his youthful impudence and and sort of like hothead he will not tap we're like Stu, tap he's like no like, Stu, tap no and john's like kind of like, tap man 
no, he's like, oh, he's trying everything again. And John should have just let go at that. He's point. trying to do everything he can do to get out of it, but John won't let him go. John to just end it applies a bit more pressure to the leg lock to get him to submit. Uh, and yep. all of a sudden, oh, oh, the ah, story. Ah, 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 ah. there's a sound like a pop. And this yep. was the Eric interview. He now starts screaming stupid story. And we all scream. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never heard this detail of dude. the, from this side though, dude, I, so I didn't exactly. Right. Like, wow. So there's like a pop and Stu like ah, screams and we all like, ah, we all start screaming. We all step back. He's like, buddy, buddy, oh, buddy. We're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. He's wearing basketball shorts. Now, I had some medical training at the time. He was wearing like these shorts. He's wearing sweatpants. These details could not alter the course of events. So I get the door like, Jason, like, look, look. And I'm like, I'm going to look. He's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. He's squirming. He's freaking out. He's in tons of pain. I'm like, I'm going to look. I'm just going to look. I'm just going to look. I need to look. I bend down. I get the leg up. Of the sweatpants, yep. basketball shorts, and his patella, his kneecap is on the side of his leg. No, yeah, he's dislocated his patella. <sighs> That's awful. It was awful. He is in worlds of pain. He's twitching. He's sweating. <sighs> he's squirming. He's laying on the back. We're like, oh fuck. We all like recoil at the same time in unity. Oh my god, like this hideous deformed me. We're like, holy fuck. Holy fuck, John! And it's what like ten minutes before we're about to open. We're like like, not opening night. Who cares? This is still last time. This is a very high situation. You're you're, you have a full house sitting out there. Yeah, full house. The director is in the audience. Curtain is about to open. Like 10, 20. It's like twenty minutes away. John's as white as a ghost. He didn't want that. We're all like, holy shit. Someone has to go get dude has a dreaded uh, job of going and getting the stage manager. Never gonna work again. I got a guy that you're in college, you're forgiven. A guy named Chase. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was he was he was kind of I a like serious, kind of a serious, yeah, scary Chase guy. Was he, he was Chase a good guy. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Chase and yeah. Chase had something yeah. like like he yeah. was he was on the job, like he, yeah. he did his job and he was serious yeah. and he did, kind of a scary yeah. guy when he was really like driven. Yeah. So <laughs> suddenly the door is blocked by like the Clint Eastwood like figure of uh, Chase Heltzel and the double saloon doors. We're like, oh shit, you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> and the only thing this guy is missing was spurs. He like chink, chink, chinks yeah, across yeah. the floor. Stu's still laying there twitching on the floor. Chase silently, like, mutely walks up to Chase and looks down at him and he raises his eyes from an underset brow and he looks at everyone. What happened? <laughs> and then of course jason tells the whole story no yeah. no and 20 john, minutes and john and no no I, no i'm not saying shit i'm like i ain't, I ain't talking to cops yeah. like, holy shit yeah 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 john being the bigger man he's like we were we were messing around you know kind of like we we're roughhousing and and john's like you were roughhousing and we're all kind of like yeah we're like kids and he's like the adult yeah yeah he doesn't say shit and he just turns on his heels chink 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 spurs back to the you know saloon door we're like, what, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm calling the ambulance. And he like leaves. We're all like, holy fuck. He asked to call. So he calls in like oh an God. ambulance, paramedics. It can't yes. lock. I remember that. Yeah. And they have to gurney. Are we done yet? We, we almost are because, well, almost. We, it has a dramatic conclusion because you'll remember this. They oh. have to gurney him out. So the play starts. The play starts. The only reason this isn't a disaster is because Jesus doesn't come on till the final scene of the play. And they gurney him out. Satan doesn't have, uh, has a while to enter. Uh, enter. So wait, I stayed I re- with him. But I remember they came before it started. 
they came out to me, Chase did, and said, can you please come to the dressing room? We have a problem. Yeah. And I was like, that's never happened before because you don't, at this point, there's nothing because the director- Because you work with all professionals by this Well, point. no, but it's not, not like that. It's shits. also like, what's the director going to do? So I <laughs> Reset <go> the knee. <laughs> Reset the knee. Yeah, right? But I went back in there and I think he was already gone or, or no, it was still like in the heat of it. Like I remember- going into that dressing room and everyone's standing around. And I was just like, you know, my thing was, let's just send Ryan on with a book. Yeah. And then no. And then Ryan, like the next performance, I think Ryan had just learned it. Right. No, no, he, th yeah. th th that night. So, well, he had, well, it, by the yeah. time he got to the speech, he, he had the, the book, big speech. he had the book with him, but he, he comes in somewhere in act one once. Right. And then no. like, there's a little bit, I think there? there is a little bit. Yeah. And then he appears his big stuff is right. like, the end and yeah. so he learned it right yeah here's the amazing part of the rest of this story which doesn't Ryan involve so he can breathe is yeah, Ryan Charette saved the day he saved the day so so I stayed with Stu because as Satan I didn't enter for a while in the play either and so I was the only one with him as the paramedics came lifted him up he's like don't hurt me ah like don't touch me you know they lift him up it's very painful to be moved with that injury they gurney him to the you know, strap him to the gurney I'm like holding his hand as we like wheel to the elevator and you know, I wave I as the doors are closing joy out of this story. The, 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 like, like the, the sort of like, you're going to be okay, buddy. Is the elevator doors closed? I'm like, Holy shit. You had made the, the, the very smart call of this is so dramatic. There was a stagehand working crew on the play who happened to be one of the more talented actors We've in the program. Ryan Charette was literally working crew just on the sidelines yeah. of this play. He'd seen it so many times and he's good. So Eric's like, will you step up? Will you be Jesus? He said, yes. So me and him were in the dressing room, drilling the script and the lines for like an yes. hour. Every time I, I was on stage. But you know what else was crazy? They, the university, you know, Shibabotham and whoever was, I mean, really it was Sarah's kind of in charge. She they basically had me take on the responsibility of making the decision whether he was going to perform again, because I went back there and he's so hurt. And then he's like, well, I'll be back in time. I'll be back in time. I'll get back in time. It's like, you're not, you're not getting back in time. This is bad. Right. Like, I think we all knew it. And he was really upset that I had to make that call. Like, no, someone else has got to go on tonight. And then <laughs> I think it was a combination of like, then Sarah and us were just like, you know, Ryan should just keep doing it because you didn't, you don't know how bad his the pain's going to be. He can't really go on stage. He was pretty upset to have to lose that whole show. Right. And do you remember what happened though? The the, the drama of the rest of the story. Oh, I he do. Came yes. back that very night. Yes, he actually, indeed, did yep. make it back on time. I use air quotes in a full leg brace, forcing yes. his leg to be straight. They had reset yep. the patella. He's in a full leg brace and a and like a crutch and crutches. He came back. He had stormed into the the the, the box yes. where Chase was stage managing yes. the show and calling all the cues. He's like, "I want to go on. I'm going on." Chase says, "You're not going on. I'm going on. You can't stop me. You're not going on." Stopped them. They did. They had to lock him in the dressing room. I remember room that. For the rest of the show with a guard at the door. He's pounding on the door, screaming, let me out. But yep. they're soundproofed. And so none one in the audience was none the wiser. But he was a bull in a china shop. It was because of that incident combined with the nature of the injury. They're like, you know what? You're done. You're off the run. So he only ever did one show. Yeah. 
but and he John, came back and was belligerent and gonna like kick he was gonna like come on the stage regardless of what anyone said in a full yep. like, brace and crutches he would have so literally had to stop him i it mean it's crazy. like if you're jesus can't you heal yourself no it wouldn't know but also john i think we understand now years later that you know you ryan was your buddy you wanted him on stage and you know you made it happen yeah, that's right yep. it was all me. got me i was like this is like death trap this I, is this I'm is getting nothing like... i'm getting nothing from Stuart on stage i need someone that i can play with yeah i'm gonna take him out it's that like great aha moment you know where christopher reeve and michael like Caine kiss good, you know like, like any like, good oh. con man i made it i made it look like it was Stuart's idea it was what a death trap all along. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? That's I, I've wild. done so much stupid stuff in my theater career. You are forgiven. But thank you, but I, thank you for you know. We should talk about some down. more of those stories. It's way more. This interesting. This is like this is high theater. This is high drama. Yeah, this like, shit. Like I, I want to hear more of the dumb stories that you've. Well, you've got. well, oh. he's got another one. Let's hear it. Let's. Why even talk to Eric? Go sure, sure, sure. Eric. Well, we'll just have Eric on here laughing as you tell these dumbass stories. Well, the dramatic conclusion I, of the whole story was that what was so exciting. It was a very exciting night of theater, and I and and my heart does go out to Sue. He got a rough shake of it. You know, it, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Ryan, you know. Ryan, the the ascendant uh, stagehand who is going to go on as a huge role. What about that? And and yeah, did a great job. He, it yeah. it was magic. Yeah. It was magic. We, yeah. For like an hour, we drilled the lines. We drilled the lines. I go on stage. We drilled the lines. We drilled the lines. Want to get back? He was ready. By the time he goes on That's stage so cool. for the well earned denouement of the play. The, the, the emotional climax, the very yeah. important moment between yeah. Jesus and Judas, just they're the only people on stage, just mano a mano. It was magic. You could hear a pin drop in the audience. <laughs> I'm watching from the wings. We're all watching from the wings. They fucking knocked it out of the I, park. I, yeah. It was like we don't it. have guests on the show. We have audience for Jason. Oh, it's they like, killed well, it. You know what? Our guest it. audience tonight. <laughs> I would totally be um, Robin to your, you know, uh, Howard. Howard and what's the other whoever the other there's I mean it's Howard really but you'd be Howard and then you know oh, John would be the producer guy and I'd be Robin John Baba Booey Baba Booey John's the guy doing the sound effects in the yeah bag. yeah you're Baba right. Booey but yeah. it was a magical night of theater and you directed a hell of a show it was it fun worked. well you it, you got it was fun we had a it was yeah. so fun working well, with all you guys that show so, so back to you Etuck what have you won. Well, this is huge, my man. Wall Street Journal no, Director not, of the Year. I mean, it's cool, but it's, you know, it's just something that, you know, it's nice to be, it's always nice to get, you know, those kinds of things mentioned and stuff because, you know, you're doing stuff and you don't know if, you know, what, what the impact is. But yeah, no, it's cool. It's nice, especially, you know, after COVID and all of us not working for a while. And yeah, right. Everyone you know, knows Wall Street Journal, though. This is, this is huge. You're minimizing but no. you've won it twice now. You've been the recipient of Best Director twice, in 14 and in 21. What was yeah. it in 14, 2014? What was that for? That was St. Joan, right? No, it was... Uh, um, oh, 14. It was the year we did Seagull and Sense of Sensibility. Sensibility. But yeah. Seagull was... It was so, Seagull. So, okay, so, 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 Seagull. so Chekhov and... and oh, or something wow. else. He's, he's, in the last, like, eight years, three things I've directed, he's named his favorite classical production of the year he loves all nationwide so i had one it wasn't just one Bedlam of them was on bedlam the that was 2014 and then he loved uh a, a pericles that i did out of town and also a midsummer night's dream that i directed that was off broadway but not not um 
bedlam but he so so he you know he just likes you know some people just click into your work you know and you just won what did you just win in 21 just now this year that was just you know his favorite director for play so persuasion uh, was the show oh persuasion yeah amazing but the other thing too is i mean going back to your sense and sensibility who was the who helped choreograph that the chair stuff and the <clears throat> well mostly the chair stuff was was me just doing it in the room and tell stuff, me about the chair stuff know, t- t- tell me what that is yeah jane well, austen uh, obviously sense and sensibility so you're doing jane austen but classical when show I, yeah and i read the script and i was like you know it was almost like every page there was a scene change every it was very it moved really quickly and it you know didn't linger too long in one room or one location and so parlor talk yeah yeah and i thought and you know i i've done a lot of shows almost in every show i direct there's some you know there's stuff some things are just on wheels because i love having things rolled around in and out chairs was brilliant yeah so on in 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 that show i just decided well everything will be on wheels the we'll have like window <laughs> big window frames and doorways and chairs and tables. instantly make a set of scene you can set a scene in seconds yeah so it just kept moving and, and ah. it was all you know actor driven and it was like things could be whisked across or people could be thrown across and stuff and, <laughs> and things were things would move and shift it's almost like you have a kind of a chintzy turntable but it, it was like so we just kind of I was just building that as I was going, you know, directing it. But I did have a wonderful choreographer named Alexandra Beller, who I hired on. And I'd worked with her before. So I asked her if she would work on it because I knew there were going to be several dances. And she did. She she's so I like what she brings to stuff because she thinks out of the box. And and we we always worked well together. And she she did these great dances. But she also, of course, would put her eye on the furniture stuff one of the things that's really helpful to me with choreographers when i'm doing stuff like that is i'll you know build this thing but i'm not good at like giving counts and stuff and really helping okay so we've mm-hmm. got the movement of it but but how do we get it really tight your and tempo and the timing yeah yeah like she would come in and be like okay it's this many counts here just and then it would really get like tight she made so, it militaristic yeah totally so you so- know so this is the sense of sensibility for which you won best director of the year Wall Street Journal 2014. No, that was, I think he, no, he, the, the production of the two that we were doing together that year that he loved was Seagull. Um, but um, yeah. So, you One know. One of the reasons I brought it up was I swear that people emulate that a lot. And, what do you mean? Well, oh, I yeah. saw, I saw Mean Girls and they did, they did the same thing with the desks and the, yeah. um, and the bench seats you're talking to like fluid that. sonography yeah with the with the wheels on the desks movie. and stuff yeah i mean i think that you know it's not like i invented the wheel i think it just i think it you know you made a four-wheel drive <laughs> maybe i did but i i definitely know that you know a lot of sense and sensibility productions after that they kind of they you know, use that a lot of people did it's not in the script it was just something so yeah. some productions have you know copied more than others but um, let me let me emphasize this for our listeners eric tucker here is a big deal we're talking a broadway we talking about a broadway and off-broadway director no, no so, not broadway never broadway, broadway? no well we're this talking is, big this is us not doing our research hey 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 is broadway or off-broadway we're talking streets this guy's a big deal. He is. We're a, talking streets. We're talking street names. <laughs> street names. Listen to this, and I'm going to spew on you for a second. So this is part of our stick where we 
we Google you while we're on the air. While no, 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 no. This. this is amazing. Eric, named Wall Street Journal Director of the Year in 2014, makes his American Shakespeare Center debut with this production. I, uh, I copped your uh, American Shakespeare Center playbill. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. my research last night. Thank you very much. Off-Broadway, Eric worked on Uncle Romeo, Vanya, Juliet, Pygmalion, Peter Pan, Vanity Fair, Bedlams, that's his, that's his company, Sense and Sensibility, which won the Off-Broadway Alliance Award, a Lordle nomination for Best Director, a Drama League nomination for Best Revival, and four Helen Hayes Awards, including Best Director and Best Production. But you shall hear, there's more. Stay a while, madam. I will be faithful. We also have... <laughs> A Midsummer Night's Dream scoring a Drama League nomination for Best Revival. We got Best Classical Production 2015, Bedlam St. Joan, which got a New York Times and Time Magazine's Top 10 and received Off-Broadway Alliance's Best Revival Award. Okay, um, we're going to talk about these shows. <laughs> 2014. But did anybody break another actor in these shows? That's the question. Any dislocated and the Crucible, ECAPs. which John was in. And he did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I, and I can't wait to hear about Before. the recent time. Your recent, <laughs> that was not my fault. I wasn't there for that. Your recent collaboration with John. Don't think I'm not going to ask you about that. But I want to ask you about this because you've been on my radar. Look, I've stalked you for years. I've always admired oh you. God. I've always been man crushing and hard on you. If anybody can stalk something, Jason can. <laughs> You're not yeah. getting away from me, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're mine. You're as good as Every mine. Every breath you take. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. This, this, yes. is, this is Man Crush Thursday, and Eric Tucker is in the sights. Seriously, though, man. I... I was dazzled by the themes for which, look, I just read Time Magazine, all these people saying it's in their top 10. Your St. Joan and your Hamlet, Bedlam, with a four-person cast. Yeah, yeah. He did, ha guys, if you're listening and you know theater and you know, the, and, and you know the ensemble you. cast of Hamlet, it's a very daunting task to even presume you can do Hamlet with four actors, but you did it. And the yeah. painting on the faces and you did the same thing with St. Joan. I was, I was mesmerized and I didn't even see it. I was over here stuck in Utah landlocked. Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't think they tell painted me faces. On the show. Tell, well, I saw the poster. Oh, Posters. Tell me yeah. about, yeah. tell me about, I see you the bold, aud nay, audacious idea behind pulling off Hamlet with only four actors and how that worked. It's all about well, <laughs> I think in, on some level, when you first start a theater company, you know, it's so expensive, like, you know, to equity actor salaries and um, renting a space, especially particularly in New York city, it's just mm -hmm. expensive. And so reducing the cast size is an economical decision too. But I also think it's exciting for people because I think audiences get, they get, they hear it differently and they're yes. sort of, they have to sort of sit up and listen a little harder because there are only four people and they got to really follow. And, and it's like, you know what, it becomes like an athletic event, you know, and it, and that's just exciting for people. Cause you're like, by the, by the time those three hours are over, the actors are sweating and you're just, you know, you've just like killed yourselves for three hours to do, you know, so it, it becomes athletic and audiences love that. I've you always wanted I mean? to see the Stanley Cup. Man, that's amazing. They love it. You know, and so that's, I mean, even like something like Sense and Sensibility, it was, it was, you know, you get that. It is exciting. Movement. Well, that's one of the things I've learned by watching your shows is just how important transitions are. Yeah. You know, to keep. Well, and in Crucible, moving. we had some, you know, like that whole courtroom scene in Crucible, which John will remember well, where we were doing <laughs> like, you know. I love that. Where every sort of. Uh, uh, 
sort of for big certain beats in the courtroom, the whole courtroom, we would just take all the furniture and, and, and do these quick, you know, re-maneuverings. And it, it was really fun. That was cool. That's what makes theater so exciting is kind of like going back to the example of like, like when the understudy comes on, right? Ryan yes. going on for a, for a, you know, a, a broken need, uh, Jesus. Yes. That's exciting. If there's an announcement made in the audience, like tonight's role will be played by so-and-so and people are like, Oh, there's a buzz. Like the understudy's yeah. up. It's yes, exciting. It's or well, wait. and he did it in crucible where you covered how many people and you went on for like, cause he Just was playing, John was playing a role, but then he was covering other roles and namely Danforth, who's the, the kind of the main judge who basically has every other line in the second act. Yeah, yeah, um, John yeah. had to go on and do that a few times. Holy shit. It was, it was fantastic. And, was you know, awesome. with no rehearsal. So, and, and that's, did you make an announcement though? Like tonight's role will be played by so-and-so or you just do it. Yeah. That's well, so exciting. That, I mean, those were no, we make two you know. that were planned out. So, cause there's no sure. way. I could well, yeah, like, we still would say it. You kind of have yeah. to equity rules, yeah. you know, you have or, to... or Hamlet with only four people. Like, what? yeah, well, you one have night, my attention. That's exciting. Hamlets. I went, we went and saw the show a couple of times. Very and exciting. one night we were, I mean, I don't know if you say fortunate enough, but it was cool. Um, unfortunately, Eric was sick as a dog. Yeah. You and, saw Andy um, and we saw Andy Ridland's box. The cool thing about that was, so that was when we took those off Broadway. And so when you're in an off Broadway contract, you have to have understudies. Nah. And so we had four, we had one understudy per, you know, slot. And so Andy was covering me. Amazing. And I did Joan. We had a two show day and I was doing Joan and I just Joan was made four it person too. As yeah. Well. So it was, the same it was a dual. It was like a dual. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So we just rotated shows. So we had a two show day on, it was like a Saturday or a Sunday. We did Joan for the matinee. I was sick as a dog. I knew I just couldn't make it for the Hamlet that night. And, and Andy, you were Hamlet. I was Hamlet. Yes. And so Andy went on. But the cool thing was, so Andy understudied, you know, for that run. Mm -hmm. But then when we did a, um, we did a tour, we did two kind of, we did a larger national tour of with those shows with a new cast. But then not long after that, we did a, a little smaller stint of Probably where it ran at Alabama tour. Shakespeare. It was at Alabama Shakespeare, and then it went to Florida. And Andy came back and played, did all my stuff in both St. Joan and Hamlet for that little mini tour. Who is so he? He, what a it was really cool star. for him to come out and do it. Yeah. The, the crazy thing is we were in Hamlet Pioneer Theater, an equity show. And oh, I remember. Yeah. Right. At the, the, me, John, uh, yeah. Andy, and Andy was the understudy for Hamlet. So he had years Did of he experience. go on? No, no, he never went on. No. Uh, and I was the understudy to Laertes. So oh, every cool. week I got to cross blades with Andy. Yeah. Quarter speed, half speed, full speed, and the sword fight. I got to learn yeah. the sword fight That's every cool. single move. Cause like, what if something happens? Yeah. And so, yeah, I was always trying to kill him. And it was, I was so I was happy. I was always trying to kill him. I was Andy. so happy, but I, 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 <laughs> I love the, I was, I just made that connection while I was listening. I'm like, wait a minute. He understudied Hamlet and yeah. Pioneer, then he understudied yeah. yours at Federal, and then he did it. You know, the guy's done Hamlet like a million times because yeah. being an understudy is to also have to do it. I love him. Oh, Andy's great. I adore him. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I th these these shows were so wildly successful, Hamlet and St. Joan with a four-person cast. But let me make yeah. something, uh, let me clarify something. So, Hamlet was always just Hamlet throughout, and the other three were all the other characters. Were you always That's just right. Hamlet? Right. That's right. At the very top, Hamlet so. had to play like Francisco or something at the beginning and like then the just guard. Be Hamlet. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then was only Hamlet. And then um, in 
and then the other three were everything. And then in St. Joan, the woman in the cast played St. Joan and the us three men played all the roles. So it was kind of a trade-off. It was fun. How did you come to pick Shaw and Shakespeare within that sort of dual? Well, those were the first shows that I did for Bedlam. And I thought, you know, I loved St. Joan so much. And I thought it hadn't really been done professionally in the city for like 20 years. And I thought this is wow. a good time to bring it back. And, and um, if we could do it with four and then really well, and then also wrap in Hamlet, we might get some attention for that would be our hook, you know, like come see yeah. these, you know, and so a double act and we've done several things we've done. We did, then we did Seagull and Sense Sensibility in rep. And then we did, Twelfth night, two different ways in rep with the same that cast was, switching roles. So we had wow. one that, one night you'd see Twelfth yeah. night one way, and then the other night it was completely a different like another was, planet. And it was a um, different concept. Call it what you will. It was different. Yeah, totally concepts. different. It was yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. I loved. I mean, the Those one where you guys are on all white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, there was that. Oh yeah. my god, that was so. Was it was so moving. Ted. I say again, Ted. it's all Ted. I say again, I mean, this guy, Be Bedlam St. Joan, which got a New York Times, really listen to these names, and Time Magazine's top 10, and yeah. received Off-Broadway's Alliance Best Revival 2014, and also the Hamlet won New York Times top 10. Yeah. Unbelievable achievements, man. I mean, oh, on, on, on the map. No, I was freaking out <laughs> in landlocked Utah, and I'm an uncultured lout. Well, you know, it's... it's uh, well, I mean, but you... You were born and raised in Idaho, right? Yeah. You're an Idaho yeah. hayseed. Well, no, I was born in Virginia, but I was mostly raised in Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Look, yeah. how long have you been doing this? How long have you been directing now? Um, I started, I directed Absolutely. a little bit in college and then I directed in grad school, but, you know, then I, I always just thought I would act. I didn't think I would be a, a professional director necessarily or, and then, you know, when you start, if you get any attention, I guess, you know, people, if they like your work, you kind of get invited to direct other places or back to, you know, and it just, it, it, it kind of just took over. And then that's how I was paying the rent instead of acting. And you have um, a knack for it. Your, your instincts are so on point. Well, thanks. I don't know. Sometime. Well, I know you've been doing at least 11 years because I met you Often. 11 years ago. People follow him off the cliff. That's for sure. How long? So yeah. how long? How long have you been really, formally directing? Probably so after I got out of grad school in 98. So since, you know, basically working 21, since then. 23. Somewhere. You've been directing 23 years. Yeah. Just. A, yeah. So you got like flick the invisible fly off your shoulder, you know, like no big deal. No, but guy. I mean, you know, sort Yeah. Where were you well, educated? Where, where did you get educated in, in Idaho? And yeah, so did you I study directing specifically. Well, I went I, I went to college in in Rhode Island. Oh, wow. And I um, I Rizzi? went to uh, for, no, I went to Rhode Island College and then I went to which had a really great theater program. And then I went to Trinity Rep uh, Conservatory. Trinity Rep had a had a three year brand new three year MFA program. New York. No, Trinity uh, Providence. Oh, Rhode That's Island. Also it's Providence. Attached to Brown, Island. right? Yeah. It's yeah. attached oh, to Brown wow, now, right? Wow. Yes. And uh, so I did my my grad school there and through Trinity Rep. And um, but that was really an acting program. I I, you know, I was able to direct there, but I wasn't in a directing program. So I never kind of did the mm -hmm. traditional and I never got to assist or do any director labs or anything because I didn't think that was what I was gonna do. 
Um, I wish I'd been able to assist a lot of different people. It would have been cool, but I, you know, cause you don't get to see other directors. I mean, unless you're an actor in something, then you're seeing the director's process, yeah. but you know, what was, uh, so, so you're, you've had both undergrad and your master's in acting straight up acting. Yeah. Theater, you know, theater. my, my acting, my, my college theater program was not, uh, um, um, fine it wasn't yours was wasn't you you guys were in we like a bfas bfa That's mine was not a bfa it was just it was just a ba oh so well it this interview is over this interview is good to see you eric <laughs> click yeah i know i'm I, i'm a totally loser you didn't tell me this john before we right. started this interview i thought you knew from all the research he's, you he's, did a, last he's night. a veritable hack this right. guy's not the real mccoy yeah no i i don't have the f in you know like you guys do <laughs> yeah. we put the f in bfa bachelor but, um, of fucking arts <laughs> which is why i got the mfa i think because i wanted something more concentrated you know but yeah. i you feel like that. if you get a well i think if you get a bfa if you know depending on your program and what you sort of feel like when you get out it i don't know that everyone needs an mfa you know yeah. um i don't look, know that i do it if i could do it all over again i think i would have skipped it but look eric but admit you it. you're pretty you, good you made some pretty good contacts though in your mfa right not right. really no, no. <laughs> um, okay. that's all bullshit don't let anyone fool you into some, thinking you made contact. But, I bet no you one. know <laughs> yeah a few yeah not not so i mean yeah i i think through the years as you work and you keep working with people that you click with and that list builds and builds yeah, and yeah, yeah sure. organically like, more organically i think some people depending on their program yeah they can they really get the contacts help because you get out of school and you feel like you have some sort of a net a right. net, and a network of but i don't yeah let's face it i think you got the mfa just for the fricative you want the fricative you want the mf i needed it Space. yes i wanted to belong for yes I don't know. Who knows? So wh when did you, what was the first show you ever directed? How did, how did directing actually happen for you then? If it, your emphasis was always more on acting, what shifted that for you? Well, I direct, I'm trying to think what the first thing was. I directed a couple things in college. Mm -hmm. I remember one notably was um, I directed a, I, I asked my professors if in the summer um, we could, I could kind of do un, somewhat under the umbrella of the college, if I could direct a summer show that we were going to tour to a couple parks and places that were really cool. And it was much ado about nothing. And so I directed wow. that with like 25 other students. Um, did you feel up to the task? Did you feel confident? Yeah, I think I did. I just, it always just felt like natural for me. And I, I even played Benedict, like I played Benedict <laughs> and directed, like insert myself in the lead male role. Five people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, and so I, I just always, yeah, I've always liked it and had a knack for it and did it. I don't know, but um, it just grew from there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always really, you know, had a, a real connection with Shakespeare. I don't know. I always lo loved those plays, obviously. So that ended up being for a while, most of my resume, but, you know, in classical stuff, which is, which is great. Cause I think what's really satisfying for me is, is, is taking a play like that, that's been done a million times and trying to find something that really refreshes it or, mm -hmm. you know, revives it as they revives say. it. Yeah. You know, in a way that is, just that people will listen to it differently or mm -hmm. learn, you know, so that's what I like to do, but.
And now look at you, man, Eric Booby, you made it. You're 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 here, man. You're 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 the king of off Broadway. You're on the list. No, not really. Come no. on. I, no, I'm no, not no. Wait, no, no and, stop. No, you're embarrassing me. No, when when did not. you start? Oh, when did you start Bedlam? How long have you been the artistic director of Bedlam? Uh, 2012. This this coming year is, wow. is going to be our 10 year anniversary. The yeah. And in so that time, cool. accolades, the, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal. I mean, this is amazing. You, this is so. Did you ever imagine it, you'd be so successful? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't I mean, I don't know if I it depends on what year, you know, when yeah. I, you know, some years you're feeling good and some you're like, this is going nowhere. So um, coming out of Last Days of Jews is scary in 2010 at the University oh, of Utah, for example. I was feeling great. You're like, what have I done with my life? I could. I don't need to do this again. <laughs> um, I'm at the top of my game. I can end on a high note. I'm going back to managing La Pair or whatever. I'm going back to Rhode Island. Well, oh, I man. left. I, I kept now. Now, if I get through a show where no, where none of the, the none of the cast kills each other in the dressing room, then I Beyond. think we're having a good night. Although yeah, right. say, John did not hurt anyone during the Crucible or I during didn't. our series this filming. This is what I want to know. They hurt themselves. So, Although so you hurt this, himself. This is the great yeah. thing <laughs> I know. That, that has emerged when we say contacts. John and you have forged such a great contact. John's We've worked on, on a couple you, things together. Two more times. So tell me about the Crucible. So how did you come yeah. to, because you just pictured John, like, I think John would be great in this. You called him, right? No, and I, called, yeah. I called. You're scratching at his door and begging yeah, to work. Duh. No. And, and then no, you I I knew I kept, I mean, it's that's the other thing. I think when you have a company, particularly a small company, and you really want to kind of get everybody you know in plays, it, it, I have to, it, I've just always had to exercise a lot of patience because I, I, you know, so I always wanted, you know, to for John to come to a play or, or many plays. Yeah. And the crucible was, was great because I set out, we made it, we knew we were going to make it a fairly large budget show and have a lot of actors. Cause I felt like you needed that community. And, and so it couldn't be like five actors doing the crucible. I mean, it could, we actually have a really great plan for us, how we, we, we could do a six person crucible, but mm. this was 14. And so oh, wow. there was room, there was room for people. And I, and I really wanted John to be in it. And he, um, said he would come out from salt lake and from from utah and he came and and Fantastic. then um and that was we did have i think we had a pretty good time we had done it in boston with uh, mostly other cast minus like six people who were new york people and then we came back did the new york production and then when of course we were supposed to bring it back in the spring and i think uh, john you were coming back yeah i was planning come back so we got canceled we had to, oh we canceled God, because of covid funny. and then during that time was when I had had this idea about, you know, making a, a TV series based on Shakespeare plays that we would take multiple Shakespeare plays and intertwine them to create a kind of television right. episodic world. So this is like Henry the fourth part one, right? Is that what you did? No, it was the, the three, the two mostly that I used for the first season were our King Lear and Mary Wives of Windsor. And there's some Merchant of Venice in there that starts to come in yeah. and then we use text from other plays of Shakespeare to kind of fill in certain scenes but he um I also really I thought well it'd be cool to have John come back to do the series and he um so he came out and worked on we, well that was like five weeks of this work is so basically. cool so that was awesome. so a, a television series Shakespeare yeah. 
So cool. So we got three of those shot. Well, we thought we they're were all available on Bedlam. I want to. How do, how can I watch? Yeah, they're on Bedlam TV. That's our platform. And you, you can like rent one a time. There's three. So there's three episodes. We came out with three episodes because we had too much for two. And, um, and John, you will, you'd see John. He's great. They're, I will they, watch, you know, I, I really watch this wonderful. tonight. I'll watch this tonight. John actors. got COVID. <laughs> okay. So, so I want to see, shut see us what, down. Hey, I want to see what, you know, how John is. So I want to see what he needs to work on. Uh, yes. A. But you yes, so John, this is the infamous story. To work on just being John. John got COVID during his production. Yes, expound. I remember you so, were like self quarantined in some upstate apartment. I thought though, I thought everybody the was going to shut down. I was like, well, we oh, shut shit. down for three days, but we were very fortunate in that John was the only one, and yeah. we all tested over and over for three days. Everybody was negative except John. Came back. <sighs> what did shot. you do, John? <laughs> Well, he had, he was quarantined and it was, we were all up. I, I live upstate now, just an hour out of the city. And this was the area where we shot. So they were all in hotel, in a hotel near here. But the other funny thing, if you watch the series and you'll know, <laughs> so in all the scenes that John's character's in, there are some scenes where he's sort of notably not there. One in particular is when this, the whole gang, Paul Sapp and his gang have all like crashed in his motel room and it's morning time and they're all kind of up and talking. And there's one guy passed out on the bed with this elephant head on who's, who was a crew member standing in for john oh. so he had to be taken out of the scene we had to keep shooting so so john is just lying there on the john stanley well, we had all this great stuff the day before the day I like know. the day that they announced yep. we got well you like got or, you like got orgies and some heat, oh, yeah, that hedonistic and, and that stuff's still in all the crazy orgy stuff but then there were a couple uh, i won't other watch things. otherwise well, there were a couple other things where there's a stand-in for John and you can't quite, it's supposed to be John, but the can't best the is there's a whole scene in the motel room that's just between Falstaff <laughs> and two other characters and John couldn't be there. So I made it like John's in the bathroom and every now and then one of the other guys knocks and they're like, Pistol, are you Nim or Pistol? You were Nim. Nim, yeah. get out of the fucking bathroom. <laughs> and, and, and John's just supposed to be in the bathroom. So we had to, you know, act accordingly. Yeah. No, what, what's it called? What, what, what's the show called now? We just called it Bedlam the Series, but mostly the series part was for Bedlam fans who know Bedlam. Anyone who's not doesn't know Bedlam, we just call it Bedlam because they don't know we're a theater company anyway. Just there's a TV show. There was another TV show called That's Bedlam, I found out though. Yeah. Um, but uh no, it was fun. And I really, I really hope we could, I'm, I'm hoping someone sees it and likes it. And there's some, we've had a, some tiny bites, but some distribution would be well, great. After more. this podcast, my man, you'll have success. Get it out. Well, you know, like your wildest dreams. You're so close to Sundance. So, you know, right. but, no, no, so, so tell again, what, what's your website going to be doing security at Sundance. We'll, we'll plug the show. <laughs> I'll put yeah. cards in people's pockets. So tell me the website. How again can it's we watch? It's just bedlam.org. And then you go on to bedlam.org and you bedlam is akin to mayhem bedlam mayhem. Exactly. And you just, you'll find, you know, and, and yeah, it was fun. They turned out well. It's a really, really good cast. It's 30 I, I actors. Know, I'm going to watch it. I didn't know it was a, well, that's, I mean, I think that's good. the it's one fun. thing is so many good actors and people want to work with bedlam yeah work with you and yes and everybody i meet is so generous i mean nobody has a big head nobody's yeah. coming in like everybody just wants to do the well most the of them work. are right out of jail 
So, you know, that's, true. <laughs> that's right. We're all on parole. I have, I have a big head <laughs> about bedlam. I mean, we're all I, on parole. I, I really have yeah. heard nothing but insanely positive raving reviews for years and years and years and years. Yeah. Heidi would come back and I just saw one of Eric's shows or I'd oh, see geez. the poster or I'd see what you're posting, uh, you know, or I, I'd read an article in the New York Times about you. You know, I'd be like, yeah. oh my God. You know, the real McCoy, the real deal, man. And no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I know, I it's, get it's, it. it's very, it's very exciting. Jason's had to change pants several times during this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Is that why I mean, whenever he rushes out, I look, see he's, it's yeah. incontinence diapers. And I, Costume I, change. Okay. And I'm, I'm very I have excited. three kids under five. So I have a lot of diapers here. You're all <laughs> right. Well. So in the time so you get it in the time I've met you, your life has been ruined. I mean, oh, uh, has, has been chest changed. <laughs> under so, five three kids under three five kids under five that's you remind insane. me of uh tevia from fiddle on the roof uh, yeah five every daughters. two years five every two years we repopulate five daughters yeah yes. so why did you do this to yourself my god this, <laughs> this is you're a successful off broadway director you don't need kids what are you doing this i is didn't crazy. know anything about about um pro i didn't know anything about um procreation you know, well, I just didn't know how it all worked. You see, Eric, <laughs> see Eric when a man and a woman, or sometimes this is now I get it. MFA, sometimes a man and a man. You see, yeah, Eric, I just wasn't prepared. There's an egg, and oh man, can you tell him? I, I, I don't know how. It works. But you know what? It's no, it, it's it's the greatest thing ever. I mean, what? that's like the you know, that, that's that, why. Yeah, that's insane. Well, how do you have time for this? How, how do you, you find don't. time to be a dad and an off Broadway director? Oh well. The, you don't you have uh, no it's, answer it's this crazy. is crazy but i'm telling you between having three kids and covid just going getting to go to the grocery store is like a night out Linger <laughs> <laughs> like, in the frozen food that's where it's at right now i'm seriously like i'm ready for bed by eight and then we're up between <laughs> five and six so i i'm telling i'm not kidding it's like oh i get to go run an errand thank Christ, how how are you even doing this interview for so long? This is like vacation. This is crazy. Having this time with you guys is like I'm just like on vacation right now. What are their names? I don't know. Yeah, that's why I, don't <laughs> know. I want proof. I just call them one, two, no, and three. I want proof. Like, yeah, you got three kids. Yeah, what are their names? What are their names? Yeah. Um, uh, Francis, Bo, Larry, Curly, Birdie. Two uh, the two girls and then Hank is the boy. Birdie, that's cute. Hank, that's I love cute. that. Francis, Hank. Hank, and Birdie, and they are yeah, Aww. they're pretty great. That's so, crazy yeah. cute. Come the, on, yeah, yeah, it's it's good. It's what, so with the family planning, so so uh, what, what spurred this decision? You know what? It's time. It's time to complicate. Well, my what life make, I will say what makes it far more difficult is that Susanna, my wife, who's also the mother of the children. Oh, <laughs> well, that's good. She, she um <laughs> well a two for one how did you do yeah, that yeah she uh she also acts with the company and does development for us as our development director so it's insane i'm gonna ask you a sensitive perhaps insensitive question feel free oh, not God. to answer no no you have to is she french no because when no. i met you you were with you had a french yeah that's someone else Girlfriend. Look at him. I love John's faces. The best part of this is just watching John react. Look, oh I prefaced God. it with this yes. might be insensitive. So therefore I can say whatever I want. It's 11 years ago. 
Yeah. Cause I remember right. we, no, I took a nice right. stroll across the campus. It was a night, like we went to yeah. dinner. It was yeah. your French girlfriend at the time had come out to, to be yeah. with you and see the show. And like, That's we were walking right. and we're all talking. And I That's remember right. I'm like, I'm like, is that the same woman or oops, no. did I just put my fist no. in my mouth, which I'm used to doing. Yeah. That's okay. I just didn't bother me. I mean, there have been other people. Yeah. Things life. don't work out, John. It's okay. Oh, I know. Yeah. You move on. You move John on. has some experience with this. So this is Susanna is a, is a divorce is, a, is so nice. I did your it lovely, twice. your lovely wife. Yeah. Okay. And how did and you act with the company? And she was in the crucible. John knows her. They've got, she was brilliant in the crucible. Wow. Oh my God. How'd you meet, how'd you meet her? We met actually at um, Shakespeare and company in Lenox. Um, you know, she was working there. I was working up there and we, we met, we were, that was, we met like six years before when I was actually still with the French person. I stalk your um, life, man. I have a distinct yeah. memory of that night. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, that's cool. that- but I, I think that's cool. Um, you know, and then things happened and we ended up and oh, and then, actually, la vie. well, before we were together, we actually wor- then ended up working on a show together, Suzanne and I, a director in a show at Hudson Valley Shakespeare. And then that's where we kind of started getting together. I love now it. we have three kids. And actually, we had this funny thing where we were both. <laughs> it was a disaster. We have three kids. No, but we were both coming out of relationships, mine with the French person. Yes, yes. And she and we both said, you know, we just we're if we at some point, if, if it doesn't work out, let's get back together and have kids. And it's funny. <laughs> and then we ended up married with three kids. Wait, wow. you made so bold a plan as that and you were serious? Yeah. And then it happened. Like, see, like, we I feel this happen. connection. Uh, if, if we get back if together, let's have kids. It, it won't be it. Yeah. That's right. Literally, and I you mean, fucking did it. Yeah, I mean, you, it's like if you make a plan, it's like Ryan and, 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 and you know, John making a plan. They're like, look, right. we won't right. do it preview night, but opening yeah, night. They made the death trap second, plan. The we'll death trap plan was to, was to yeah. dislocate his potential, you know, yeah. render him. Oh, you know, I was useless. a wrestler. Yeah, knowing, not really. Knowing he was going to pick up But I've been training a specific leg yeah. pin for months. <laughs> wow. This Guaranteed to dislocate your patella in the right position. Stuart, I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. If you're listening to this, Stuart, I apologize. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he... In your forthcoming apology, but... I'm sure it. he avoids anything that has you has in it. to do with John. <laughs> well, he sees my name on the marquee of a podcast, and he skips yeah. it. Don't worry about it. Don't his worry life. about it. Yeah, there's another um, uh, connection that you and I share that I love. And, and, and I really mean this. I've always loved this. At one point in time, you were my sister's roommate. Yes. Well, that yes. And that <laughs> happened also Lived in the coven in New that York. Was, well, I, the first time it happened was I needed a place for when, you know, a few months, whatever. And um, you were you were out of town. Carrie but Ann also, was no, contract. But Carrie Ann went out of town to, to do a musical and I stayed in her room and I, the cool thing was, it was great because it was he so would, this amazing, comfortable bed. And it was like it's all big. Like it's a big Carrie apartment Ann. for New well, York standards. Had, it's like a mansion. Well, that apartment was gigantic, but also Carrie Ann's room was so comfy. But every night when I went to bed, I'd lay in bed and I was staring straight at had She had this bulletin board thing at the, on the wall opposite the bed and John's, it, John's pictures were everywhere. So I was, I, I went to bed every night. Wait, this is Carrie Ann? Yeah, Carrie Ann's room. And then to bed every night going, good night, John. Yeah. <laughs> Would Carrie you Ann kiss any of the pictures? 
I stole I stole one of the pictures. I still I kept it. I thought I'm not leaving this room without one of those pictures. <laughs> oh, those absolutely. Pictures. Well, it's a it's a comfort at that point. Like you can't go to right. sleep without oh, it if you totally. You know. Oh, no, absolutely. So. Even now. But I um, <laughs> Susanna Susanna is just like, can we get rid of that picture, please? Why is there a pic a framed picture of John Terry next to our bed? Don't you touch him! Don't you touch Don't him! You. Yeah, exactly. But I but then what happened was those two John moved in. They took the kind of main room, the that biggest room, room. Yeah. that Carrie Ann's room opened up and I moved in and took it. I was there a year. We all lived together. Yeah. You, you live with my Carrie sister Ann. for a year. And Heidi, Heidi That's was amazing. around the, you know, the other, side of the, the other side of the apartment, shared yeah. a, a bathroom with floor. floor. And then you and me and Carrie Ann shared a bathroom. Unbelievable. Yeah. Not crazy. Your sister. So, it was so fun. So you would like, so every night. You call you, it the coven. The coven. The, the apartment. So every night you still, you're like, good night, John. When you kissed yes, the but photo this time, it was for real. Well, this time for we were right no next picture. door. Yeah. Give me the dirt on Heidi, my sister. What yeah. was it like living with her? Is she just horrible, awful person? <laughs> she's she's intimidating and scary. I mean, I think everybody was was no. She's the loveliest thing I've ever yeah. any of us ever met. I mean, she's like oh, it's weird. It was it's cool because she's kind of the mama of the house though because her <laughs> yeah. name's on the her name's Master on the, the title or the title Master. her name's on the on the you know um contract and yes yes she kind of keeps everybody together but it was fun because you know everyone's off doing their own thing a lot of the time but we would make time to have you know certain meals together we would have like oh. parties or you know cute new york things like that Ugh, i'm a vomit stop Adorable. yeah but john john you know john's the kind of person who you know if he's in the apartment he's basically just He's not wearing well anything. anything. Well, so, there's that porn habit till 4 a.m. every night well, that we need to talk just, about, right? He's one of those I people during like, the day. My porn <laughs> happens during the day. I like the sunlight. <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah. So I'm trying to access another story. Um, I'm I'm accessing my memory banks. Something about the time that it's like it, the Terminator. The last one was insensitive. This isn't insensitive, it just might be off base. Heidi told me a story something like you got locked out of the apartment and like your head got oh. opened up with an icicle or a shovel and she had to yes. like stop yeah. your bleeding. No, or it was not. It was not something. a shovel. It was, what? um, what was that story? Tell me a story. Um, okay. I'm thinking about, I this. love this story um, by the way, but she like, she gave you care. She gave you no, traction. I was moving. That was the day I was moving in or I was, I was, I had moved in or I just moved in or I was moving in. And so I had this bag of stuff that I, um, and it had, it was like kitchen stuff. And I had just thrown stuff in a plastic bag and there like a food processor attachment you put in with a blade oh. in that bag. And I had bashed I, the bag ran against my leg and just opened my leg right up. And it was really deep. It was like, so, I mean, I had to have, I had to have stitches. Wow. Oh no, those, those are those, I'm those bleeding everywhere. It was, you know, I'm just bleeding and I have this bag and I couldn't get, I don't have a key. I couldn't get in. And Heidi told me where to go. I said, do you, you know, is there a, where are the, you know, walk-in clinics right here in this part of a story? And she told me exactly where to go, what to do. It was great. And I went over and got stitched up in this, but that was actually the thing you don't know is the, what you're touching on is that was actually part of like, kind of one of these stories in, of, that I have of a really not a fun breakup for me with the oh, French person. Oh my God. Yes. Let's go full we circle. Going back to that. But I cut myself and then, and then was like bleeding everywhere. Just so I was in the process of moving. And anyway, you were moving because of that breakup. 
pretty much. Yeah. Oh shit! What'd you do, man? <laughs> How was that, that's I'm another interview. Yeah, that's another interview. <laughs> no, you can fillet a fish um, with those food processor blades. That's I, crazy. Yes, I'm glad right you got a hold of Heidi because I would right through my pants. Pizza do you have? Do you have a scar? I I think I do from that. I think Drop I do trowel. Let's see what you got. Drop but trowel. This, look, well, but this got me. You know, I was <laughs> able to have trowel. That, but then I walk into that. Well, no, actually, yeah, that was when I took the room over. So I was moving in there fully. For oh the longest God. time, that room was so sad. It was like a, an air mattress. No John Terry photos anywhere. No, they were in Riddle. the next room. It'd be like yeah. all happy and like a couple. And I'm in this <laughs> laughing on a mattress. You're like all cut and single yeah. and crying yourself them. to sleep every night. Yeah. I'd hear them through the wall. <laughs> well, it was always actually very heartwarming for me to know that like you were living with Heidi. I was like, this is crazy. What? Cause I, I've, I, I'm going to get real with you now. Uh, I missed that point, place. It was up fun. to this point, I'm going to get real with you up to this point. I've been very disingenuous and uh, fake pretentious. Um, <laughs> I've always, I've always held you in a warm endearment place in my heart. I've always found you very endearing. I've always liked the hell out of you. You're a prince of a guy. Not only well, are you unreasonably talented as a director, but, but I like you as a person. So it, it was always a very well, heartwarming idea to know that you were living with my sister. I was like, oh yeah. my God, Etuck and Heidi. And I, I know. Years went by. Uh, I didn't see you. Uh, you. You directed the show. You whisked yep. off to your glamorous New York lifestyle. And years went by and I didn't see you until this motherfucker yep. right here got married. Yep. And Eric came all the way out to Utah to, to yep. get to the wedding. And I saw you and Yep. And he said, like, Eric's going to be there. And I was like, oh, my God, how do I look? Like, I was so excited. Oh, stop it. I, was, I was so excited to see you. Don't and tell Jordan picture. that. Oh, whatever. She knows that you that, that no one can beat E-Tuck. Uh, but I yeah, Ted and I both came out for the big wedding. I loved it. And I have a picture of you and me at the wedding that I cherish yep. on my Instagram. I look at it sometimes when I miss you. you know. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I said, good night, Eric. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess what I'm saying is it's time to see you again because it's been too long now. Well, I do. I need to come out. I just want need to come because I need to visit my brother. The whole thing. It's okay, crazy. so that reminds me, your Western ties. I where in Idaho were you born? Well, I was raised in Caldwell, which is Caldwell. about 30 minutes out of Boise. So and you then were born I still, in Virginia, and you were, yeah. you were born outside. But my of, mom lives there in in Idaho. Tons of family, lots of aunts, uncles, cousins I live in Idaho, and then um. Uh, and then, of course, my brother lives in. Actually, he lives in Orem. But um, that's crazy. You got to come out here, man. I know. I haven't been out to see. I, I. The last time I, I feel like the last time I was at his house, was the wedding. Eric, what was? The, what year was your wedding? It's like three years ago, right? Three years ago. Yeah, it was that's the last time I was in my brother at with Eric Etuck. You got because well, then, then we had the you know covid and the whole oh, deal right. yeah why does something happen man get out here we'll have a lark we will have a lark I know. We'll, I know. we'll raise cane we'll paint the town red get out well, here that would be, <laughs> with then, your three kids with your three well, kids bring birdie man birdie knows how to have a good time as long as you guys look at that some, name we can leave those them with my brother <laughs> yeah dump them in orem uh, yeah. so uh you so your formative years were spent in idaho then like you went to high oh, school yeah. in idaho oh yeah you're an idaho hayseed i had no idea that's crazy yeah yeah. And then you went I, all you New know, England with your education. And then I would, yes. And then I was in, and, and I've kind of been in New England ever since. Like I've been in New England, yeah. you know, in this area between and in New York. And yeah, I lived in LA for six years, the LA between, thing. but this, yeah, I've mostly been here. It always felt more like home. 
I associate you as like an Eastern guy. Like when I picture you, I'm like, you're a New Yorker. You well, it's been York. so long now. Yeah. yeah. But you know, yeah. I was raised in a pretty, I mean, town of like 30,000 or whatever it is. But now I live in, I mean, Cold Spring where I live now is a little village of 2000. It's a tiny little wow. village. Upstate, about, huh? It's like an hour out of the city. Yeah. But Man, I mean, you know. I should have, we should have visited you. Heidi, uh, I, I uh, when I got back from Europe recently, I did a New York stop and Heidi took me up to Sleepy Hollow. Oh, that's your, yeah. We weren't far from where I am. Not too, you know, too far, but another story ahead, Jason, another story of how Heidi is self, self, selfish. She's terrible. She, you know, she's only thinking of herself. That's crazy. Well, I'm going to rattle off a few more of your accomplishments because I want to make sure everyone knows that you've also done Tina Packer's women of will. Oh God. This is very interesting to me. New York animals, a world premiere by Steven Satter and Burt Bacharach. So you work with Burt Bacharach. Well, touch on that briefly. He, I didn't, I never really, he was never there, but the songs were songs that he wrote with Stephen. Um, Stephen was the one really involved in the process because he had written the book, the play, and part, and the music. Um, but the songs were all brand new songs. They weren't previously released. Raindrops falling on the head. Right. They were. So every podcast, Jason has to do a little singing. So thank and you that for does thank you for opening that door. And you can see why. Yeah, we're all dying for that. <laughs> That's why. I, but it was listen. that was not one of our better shows. But there, you know, you're still on your resume. Yeah, Twelfth yeah, yeah. Night and What You Will was New York Times critic pick. We talked about that. The yeah. Seagull Best Classical Production 2014. That was yeah, the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. His other works includes <laughs> The Rivals at BRT. The Merry Wives of Windsor, The River, Disney's Beauty, and The Beast, yes. OSF. Yeah. Well, that's where you met Sean, right? That, that's where I met Sean. God, Sean's amazing. Who's yeah, Sean? I love him. Sean, Sean Taylor, Corbett. Taylor Corbett. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, in our wow. Crucible and, and, um, we, and the series, and John, John now series, knows yeah. him and loves him. He's great. I, I love Sean. But there's more. You shall hear Pericles at the APT. That was Wall Street Journal. Best classical production of 2017. Yep. I mean, we're talking some, some current accolades. You did Copenhagen at Central Square Theater, The Two Gentlemen of Verona, and Mate at the Actors Gang. That is just amazing. And of course, well, and law, and just in case you didn't know, we tell you about you, man. That's just that was well, a rap sheet. That's a rap sheet. That's a rap sheet with you guys. <laughs> He's gone to jail. Do you keep in touch with the people from that cast from Judas Iscariot? Our class, our former uh, class. Yeah. <laughs> the one that I've probably uh, that I've talked to um, you- less or not as much as uh well Jason. Yeah, you Jason's guys. the biggest. I would say the biggest relationship I have emerged from that program with is Hamrick. sitting right beside me, right? Hamrick, I keep up with on social media. I think you guys are going to find that, you know, you guys are going to be like old guys at like 80 and you discover the relationship of your lives. It was really this. was. Yeah. Playing chess yeah. in the park. And I don't mean that in any other way than just, just grumpy just old men. But, you know, <laughs> it's grumpy old men. I'll be Walter Mathau. You be Jack Lemon. There that's, you go. that's it. Or the yeah, odd couple. Good. I'll put that really the odd couple, though. I'll, you really are grumpy old men. More. Than I'll put I'll put old dead grumpy fish. old men now. I'll put dead fish in your car. I'll do that. I'll do the that golden gals. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. It, it is. He's one of We're my best friends. We're going to end up living in a camper together because our wives are going to kick us out. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. We're bringing our Airstream to Cold Springs. <laughs> I can kiss that. the real John Terry face. Good night. 
Yeah. Yeah, you guys will be living in the backyard. We're That's gonna fine. be living in the backyard in our airstream. But no, that to, to <laughs> answer, gonna be, be too much cousin, fun. We're gonna be your cousin Eddie's. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you have a nice property fun. in upstate New York, uh, Etak. Uh, oh my god. Cousin Eddie. <laughs> Oh god! But we're gonna be yelling at you from the from the trailer. Empty in the shitter's full. Shitter's full. To answer your question, though, the 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 two, but the the two best friends I've emerged from the program with are John and and Katie, and those are the people I've seen most outside of finishing. Yeah. Uh, Katie Driscoll, John Terry, oh, Katie, and then yes. Hammock is from Vegas, and I I love Vegas. He's uh, in LA though, right? He lives in LA, but there's a great yeah. there's great rock climbing in Vegas, yeah. and, and I try to get down there a lot. And yeah. we have connected. I have been like, hey, I'm in Vegas for Christmas. Good good yeah. good yeah. climbing. Uh, you know, are you around? And he has been, and we've connected in the past in Vegas. Um, but I'd say John and Katie, those those are my my bosom buddies. There should be a reality show where we put up a play yeah, and oh God. every night in the dressing room, someone has to wrestle John. Yes. And try to luck. Who, who's leaving the show and who has to take on that role till there's like two people left and they're doing every role until, and, until we get down to a four person cast and, and who, <laughs> try their luck. Yep. Try their luck. Yep. And who, who, can who can, and until it's just John and everybody's yeah. got dislocated, dismembered. I will all teasing aside. The truth is, John has always been an influence of mine. Um, he's an influence. Good or bad. He's an influence for his dogged work ethic, and you know because you've used him in three shows now. The guy's got this Japanese yes. work ethic. He'd go to work on a broken leg. I mean, this guy—he's so dedicated. Oh my he's, god! He's so in his yes. craft. He's so—I mean, serious now. So okay. you know, it's true. He, but he does take the break break a leg thing a little too far. He does. Uh, he's a monster. Like, but but yeah. he he uh, is so dedicated and and disciplined to the point of practical yeah. obsession. I you know I I remember in in the actor training program. I mean, this guy's a marine, right? He's he's tip of the spear. He's, oh yeah. He, yes. He, he's, yes. For, first boots on the ground and last to leave. Like he'd be there doing his vocal warmups half an hour before anyone's there and last to leave and just so dedicated. So in yeah. his craft, that's what I mean. Um, just like sort of the first Marine to leave the stage though, during yeah. curtain call. but like the, the Marine of class and yeah. And, 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 and he makes a joke, but that is alluding to his own humility, very humble pie. Ah, shucks whom me big toe in the sand bit. Yeah. But you know, he's the best of us. As yeah. we always said, like, He's the best of us. He'd get the leads. He'd be the Macbeth and Macbeth. He'd be the Judas and Judas Iscariot. He'd be yeah. the everything and everything, you know, uh, because is this that guy? It, it goes back to the gravitas. The Tell gravitas. That weight. It's it's in the face. It's in the shoulders. It's just like this guy's lived okay, life. Okay, I get this it. Guy. I need to work out. Okay. No, no, we no. Figured that out. He won't take the compliment, but, but a little but lower. The the work ethic. My God, I've always yeah. admired it. I've always admired. It's that. intimidating. He's intimidating. Oh, I can't. <laughs> right. uh, uh, what? It's exhausting to watch. And I remember, I mean, here's real stories about this guy through, throughout the program. I remember there was a period of time where he worked a night shift, the graveyard shift for like UPS, moving boxes and shit. Well, it was the early morning shift. And he'd be, be nodding there. off in class, but he oh wouldn't miss He'd, he'd be doing his IPA transliterations after hours at night, studying late at night, working monologues, working craft, moving boxes at night, practically nodding off in class. Until the teacher said, you have to quit that job. Yeah, but like still on time to class, still <laughs> like, showing yeah. up. 
You have to get the, out the of the guy's job. An animal. That's insane. The guy's an animal. So, so you got to work with him more, man. This is this is the guy. He cares so much. He, he really loves it. And the only thing that could fuel such horrible obsession is love and indelible passion, right? Like, yeah, just yeah, or just insanity, <laughs> OCD, yeah. manic depression. Passion fires the furnace that burns this yeah. for you, man. I take like, medication for what you're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. It's gasoline on fire, and it works. When it works, it's just boom. Look at that guy. You see him yeah. on stage. You're like, He's that guy. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I'm being serious. I believe you. So he, he, he yes. I'm I gonna have to go change it. my pants. Speaking of influences, oh. who are uh, who are some of yours? Who who shaped you? Who who have been your influences? Oh. Whether actors or famous people or people mentors in your life, who Those shaped you into the Eric Tucker of today? Um, he's helped shape me. He he's who I no. admire and like like wow, the type of actor I want to be, minus some of the angst, is John Terry. You know. Some of the angst. Minus all the um, angst. Yeah. He's very um, Hamlet-y. He's very like, but am I any good? He doesn't think he's any yeah. good. He's like the best. Yeah. I'm nothing. I'm so bad. And he's so good. So I, I, all that self-torture. I want to know I'm good. I don't want that. But but uh, I admire him. So who are some of your influences? Oh, I, I think directing-wise, um, I was influenced a lot by... Um, somewhat by richard jenkins who's a great oh. actor you know you know he's an oscar-winning actor but he's also director. a brilliant Tell me. theater director what's he done well he used that. to he started out in his early days with he was at trinity rep in providence and so oh. and he and his wife live in rhode island but when um she's a choreographer he's a genius actor as we know but he's a really really yeah. really genius director and so his state, like his seagull, his, you know, wow. some of these, his productions are just like off the charts good. And um, so he was someone who, um, you know, that I always liked this kind of, this a very bare bones actor driven aesthetic. And he, he did that really well. And, and you know um, him personally? No, I don't know him personally. I met him when I was then acting at Trinity Rep he would come to the shows and he would come backstage. And of course, you know, everyone would, this is even, you know, before he won an Oscar and this is back. But yeah. um, so I met him. Interestingly enough, when I first moved to LA, you know, across the country from Rhode Island, I was working in a restaurant there in Santa Monica and uh, um, he came in. It was a tiny place too. And he came in, he was just sitting there eating. I mean, I was just managing and I saw him out there and I was like, oh my God, that's Richard Jenkins. You know, cause he was in town working on a movie or I don't know what he was a movie or a meeting. You have the whole Rhode Island connection too. You, yeah. You well, always... I was like, at first I was too nervous. I'm like, I can't go talk to him, even though I know if I introduce myself, he'll remember and we'll be like, oh yeah, we'll talk, especially that connection. But, and he did remember me, he remembered me from couple of productions he saw me in at trinity and we talked and it was so cool and i was just like oh my god you know i've like worshipped the guy yeah, so yeah. i didn't i don't like to you know when you live in la you see famous people everywhere and you don't want to approach them all it's but nothing yeah and he wasn't even famous then you know like that but he's like now, a character actor you know it's not like or so oh my god. now yeah but i just thought he was always thought he was so brilliant that's what a great choice i love that that speaks to you you know Richard Jenkins. Yeah, he just has a. It was his. It was his. But and also, I mean, as an actor, come on, he's phenomenal. But there was just something him. about his directing um, that was just so, you know. And all you know, another director I love is um, David Cromer, who 
is a guy who started out in Chicago, but now he directs a lot of stuff on Broadway. And, you know, he directed a, an amazing Our Town that ran like a year and a half off Broadway. It was oh, genius. Wow. And, um, and he's directed stuff out in LA and stuff that's gone all over the country, but he's particularly now does several Broadway things, but he's brilliant. So stuff, you know, people, people who I think are, who do simple kinds of storytelling, but still make magic out of it. Yeah, I think that's the really satisfying that's, stuff. That's, yeah. So what's next for you, oh, Orson well, Welles of Off-Broadway? What's your Citizen yeah, King going right. to be? What, uh, what is, uh, what's next? What, what's uh, on your horizon? Well, for 2022, we're supposed to possibly be doing um, Angels in America. Oh, um, no way. We, we don't know yet. If we don't do, we might be doing that in 22. That's going to be that's kind of huge. our year. Or we're doing um, two other things bedlam um, is yeah so if it's not those then we're probably we're looking at um and some other random titles i'm bouncing around that are shakespeare mostly and maybe That's some huge things. man yeah so you know we'll see we'll see we're still working i should know any day now really what it's going to be but something like that do titus andronicus do something like uh, that's actually on my short list outrageous really i love that i love <laughs> it so much I outrageous outrageous I love it. And I've never directed it. And I, it's, I love it. I wish you had directed me in Titus. This guy. Been awesome. Oh my God. I love how he just said that. <laughs> so sweet. Um, yeah, I really, it, I love it so much. It's just like, you know. Gratuitous. Come on. It is. But well, it's, it's really, funny. it's a funny play. Yeah. It's like a black comedy. It's totally yeah. funny. It's great. And Don't it's, say black comedy, it. man. The, the wound is raw. The nerve is still exposed on me. So uh, last year. And is it uh, like your COVID story? It was, yeah. it was, it was March. Oh. This thing called oh. COVID happened. I was a week from opening black comedy. Oh no. I was, I was in a, you know, you know, <laughs> local theater companies production. I was Colonel Melkett. I was the dad. I was so excited. A week from opening night, this thing called COVID shut us down. I remember the director stopped a full run, which is crazy, right? That's says, crazy. Guys, we got to talk. We're like, oh no! He had tears in his eyes. He's like, I just oh got my. the phone. I just got oh. the phone with the uh, with the you know executive producer you know, at the, yeah. the Eccles, the big yeah. Eccles Theater downtown. We're done. We're done. That's awful. It's the only play to this day I've ever rehearsed and never performed. It never happened. I think it's really worse when you you know you get you all the shows that shut down that never quite got to perform or were just starting. You know that's that's off. That's. Uh. You trigger so me with you trigger me with black comedy. I was like, oh, don't say that. Yeah. yeah, that was. I mean, uh, like you said, all the shows that were just you know, I know world so premieres many. and the whole yeah. world shut down. I remember yeah. it was like the day, like all professional sports shut down, like NHL, yes. NBA, NFL, like all shut concerts. down concerts. And the next yeah. day, all theater is done. Like yep. a jazz player got sick, and then the next day, black comedy was shut down. And it yep. was like a Friday, and we were opening the next Friday. That's awful. And it's like, it's been yeah. weeks and we're just like, what? And so we filmed, a, we, we, we reset. He's like, I know this is hard, but reset. Let's go from the top. We're going to film oh, it. And they, yeah. to preserve the blocking and to preserve the performances. It was the closest thing to That's the nice, though. opening That's we ever nice. got. There's a few extra people in the audience that were laughing. Yes. There's some fresh laughs. Yeah. That's and nice. They, they filmed the full run. And uh, it was Did funny. You watch I, know it? It was, I know it was COVID. It was the beginning of COVID. And how could we know what this would become? We were all, I laugh at my righteous indignation at the time, 
me saying things like this is ridiculous. What an overreaction. The world is so stupid. I can't believe this. I was so pissed about my play. Couldn't happen right when really this becomes a pandemic of global proportions but we didn't know how we, we didn't know. know we didn't know everyone was like oh we're gonna push things off for a few weeks a few weeks no, little I, did we all know like, we, yeah. how could we know two years later. and i remember you know you know as the as the colonel you know it's all in the dark right and, and the the funny moment is all the drinks get mixed up in the dark like all, everyone yeah. gets the wrong cocktail and I oh yeah wrong cocktail and spewing it out my mouth yeah and throughout the whole rehearsal i had just sort of uh just mimed it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to really do it and make it authentic. <laughs> oh. So I had like, you and know, it, it was water and I had water and I like in, in, the, in my partner's face and the audience erupts in laughter and he loved it. And I know it's risky, but he loved it. He's like, I'm so glad you did it for real. Oh, that's good. It would be yeah. real in a in Yeah, show. of course. Um, but I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Not tell the guy. And he's like, that was awesome. Like we always, my point is we all went for it. We all made the big choices that we knew would be the last yeah, choices. Before COVID came. And, and uh, that was it. And yeah, to, uh, never did it. That, well, at least you, I think it's cool that you guys filmed it. We filmed it. We only all got paid for like half the contract. It was oh, brutal, geez. bro. That sucks. So anyway, I hope your Angels in America comes off with, with, with a hitch. Fingers crossed. Without a hitch. Yeah. Uh, but, th- but what, so when when would when would that fire up so the rest of this year is obviously you're just chilling we're thinking maybe part one would be spring and then we would do parts one and two in the fall that's exciting that's exciting so we'll see it's also our 10-year anniversary so there'll be that that's kind of huge thing. Then, man you know we'll see yeah look for articles in the wall street journal about that 10 years well, we'll, 10 years i can see I the article that. title now the article title now 10 years of bedlam yeah yeah and they, they you know i'd write that's what i'd call it that's what that's the next 10 years that's that's what COVID's <laughs> doing to all of us it's like well look yeah, right. we've given you a vacation for long enough uh, before we let you go i want your biggest piece of advice to aspiring directors out there or a few pieces of advice what you think the most important thing to be or to be wary of as a good director is actors that break other actors yeah definitely don't hire wrestler former wrestler <laughs> um <laughs> No, I think, I think, I think the biggest thing is just like, if you're a director, um, well, for one, I know whether acting or directing or whatever you're doing in theater, it's mostly perseverance. You know, I feel like everyone who continues to work or try to work, um, eventually they do and they, whether how often on it is, but they work. If you choose, if you don't like that, if you can't kind of handle the projection and the waiting and the, you know, the struggle of it, then you get out and you do something else. But I think people who only feel like this is all they can do or they're called to do, stick it out, then that's what they do. But I think with directors specifically, one thing that's important is to try to assist anyone you can, not only to to learn different processes, but also those are connections. And then, because a lot of times a director might get asked to do something that they're too busy, they might say, well, hey, I have someone who would be great mm-hmm. and that you often refer assistance, but also try to get like, no matter what you can do, wh- whatever you've got, whatever, however much money, you know, just try to, to put up your own work as much as you can. If you're, you know, to, it's important to get the work seen so that you get hired. It's not like actors who get to go in and audition directors. Don't, there's no audition process. You kind of, they're looking at your work the current work. So you have to, it's important to just 
produce your own stuff and get it up and get that's it out right. there. I, I mean, that's, that's what I always did. And that's how I ended up being a director because people saw the work. That's the, I never had, I didn't assist and didn't have those connections. So your resume was the work. <laughs> yeah. You just, you know, like work. And I think work begets work. And I think if people, you know, respond to it, hopefully that's, that's what it is. Just Do you get write? It, get seen. Do you yeah, write? Wrote Bedlam. You wrote Bedlam the series. So, 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 so you wrote the, the Bedlam series, but yeah. you, like you're always, are you always writing? Are you always working on your own stuff? No, I'm not a writer really. That was, I would call that really a much more, that's really an adaptation because I, myself and a writing partner, Music Ernest, we basically, uh, you know, took the thing. I, I kind of went through and took it and reassembled and laid out the episodes. And the you scene. did the treatment for it, like the screen treatment for well, it. Well, I, I just put it all, I just adapted. I pulled all this stuff and put it in order and kind of knew, and you know, the text, it's all Shakespeare's text. I just adapted it. And then with the help of Musa, who was really great at kind of helping me find the text we wanted to fill in here or there. And, and also, you know, both of us then going back and saying, okay, is this the right order? You know, we really co-adapted it. But so I don't, I, I wish I was more of a writer who could write original stuff, but that's not what I do. Adapting is if, at you all. Are the, you're an adaptive man. Yeah. Eric Tucker, yeah. Eric yeah. Tucker. I cannot believe you spoke to us. Oh my God. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Eric Tucker is the artistic director of Bedlam theater. You can hit him up at bedlam.org org. Check out Bedlam, the series. He's also the recipient. Yes, please of the, do. He's also the recipient yeah. of the wall street journal director of the year. Not once, but twice. Oh God. So uh, really up and I'm not even say up and comer. He's a hero. He's a hero. He's, a hero. He's oh here God. to stay. And there's going to be a lot of more cool here. stuff from him to come it's in the years. We're going to keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on the pages of the wall street journal, but lightning in a interview by, with my mom. He's just, it, it, I'm so embarrassed. The best. I'm gonna rewatch this just to watch John's faces and freeze frame them, get screenshots. But seriously, the lightning best. in a bottle personified. This Thank guy, you. he is Thank just you, a, a a tempest of creativity. Oh and yes, God. Shakespeare reference oh, intended. Very good. So, <laughs> he just pulls. Thanks, out. brother. I really appreciate it. Thanks, and man. We're gonna see you again. You get your ass out here to Utah. That's what you got. I will. I will. Thank you, right. guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Peace. I love you guys. You thanks a love lot. Love you too. All right. Love, love. Bye, bye. Bye. Bye.